Welcome to Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This is real conversation for real women about real life. I'm your host, Nisi Gale, and I am a personal transformation coach, women's empowerment specialist, and your number one fierce sister. This is episode number four and the first episode in the Get Your Mind Right series. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Mrs. Karen Mercer, who is the co-owner and executive director of a Renewed Mind Behavioral Health Center in Baltimore, Maryland. Mrs. Mercer holds a master's in pastoral counseling and has over 20 years experience in counseling and social services with a focus in addiction, HIV, and domestic violence. Today, Ms. Karen is going to bless us with all sorts of useful information about anxiety and depression. Now, this information will be right on time because as we speak, there are over 16 million Americans suffering from depression, and at least 33% of us as women will be diagnosed with anxiety in our lifetime. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this first episode in the Get Your Mind Right series. Much love, be blessed, and stay grown a sexy sister. We'll speak soon. All right, so we are in our session with Miss Karen Mercer, and I'd like to welcome you to Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This is real conversation for real women about real life. And so I'm so excited to have my special guest today, Mrs. Karen Mercer. She's an amazing, amazing woman. She has so many wonderful things to add to the conversation. So let's just start by, tell us about who you are, Ms. Karen, your organization and what you stand for. Okay. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me to this video today. I'm just happy to be here. Um, we, I work at a Renewed Mind Behavioral Health Center. It's actually my private practice. I'm in practice with Dr. Karen Felder-Moore, who is my partner, and we provide uh, therapeutic services for children, for uh, adults, individuals, groups, and also we do marriage and premarital counseling as well. We work a lot with couples around a number of issues. Okay. We have um, approximately, I think it's now six staff members um, on at ARM. Okay. Um, we each are um, in different levels of our licensure process. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two PhD levels and everyone else has masters or master level therapists. Okay. Um, so we are here to provide services to the community and also to help train new therapists as they go out into the field. So that's what we do at ARM. Okay, amazing. So tell us, what inspired you to start helping women and in, in to get ARM off the ground? So I started the practice in 2007, and I started it not just for women, but definitely for our community. It was important to me that people who needed services could find those services and sit down with someone who looked like them yeah. and also at a level where they could afford those services. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't take insurance, but we have a very liberal sliding fee scale okay. and we work with people so that they can afford the services they need. It doesn't do me a lot of good or do them a lot of good to charge them so much that they can't afford to come to, to the, to the um, practice right. and or they stop and they start. So we want to make it such that they start, they journey to where they need to go, and then, you know, they can afford to do that in a comfortable setting with someone that they feel comfortable with. Absolutely. I think, I think that's wonderful. And it's, it's really important, like you said, to be, to be able to have the resources available. And I think, you know, in our community, which I didn't bring my numbers, usually I write down lots of, <laughs> lots of numbers. I didn't bring my stats today, but I know that there's a huge, huge gap in the amount of African-Americans who have the resources available for their mental health and to be able to take care of that. And so, well, first of all, we have the huge stigma, stigma but we're gonna get into that in a little while, but 
Right. Part of the challenge is also that even for the people who want help and recognize they need help, not having the resources available. And like you said, the comfort level of being able to go to someone that looks like them that can possibly understand their challenge. So I think this good, good stuff is really amazing that you took the leap and, and started such a, a great resource in the community. It was a leap of faith. <laughs> yes, I bet it was. <laughs> Look, anything we do that's outside of the norm and we think outside the box, it's, it's a leap of faith to make it work. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah, definitely. All right. We've been, we've been pleased with, um, I think, the amount of responses that we've received from the community. We have people that come in. They are um, directed there a lot of times by other people who come to our services or come to our, um, our, our facility and they've been referred. Um, they end up really feeling very comfortable uh, with that referral and then they end up referring us to other people. So, you know, definitely it's word of mouth. We definitely have a, um, a web page as well that people can uh, go to and learn more about us as well. Okay, awesome. So now we're going to get into a little bit later. I'm going to make sure that we ask for all the information so that if we do have anyone, um, you know, that's listening that wants to be able to reach out to you, then they'll know exactly where to find you, the website and everything. Okay. Okay. Is that good? Okay. That's good. All right. Awesome. So now I'm going to ask you one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I love this top three thing because with all of the experts that I've been talking to, I know that, you know, there's always a top three reasons or a top three excuses or a top three something. So the next question is, what are the top three common issues that you see at a renewed mind behavioral health center? Let's see. The top three would be um, definitely relationship issues. Uh, oftentimes drive people into therapy with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we also see a lot around anxiety and depression. I'm going to put those together because they sometimes come coupled together. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then I think um, my last would probably, the third one would probably be maybe grief and loss. Okay. Yeah. Those okay. are the top, top ones. <laughs> okay. Okay. And now on this specific, so that's three different podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Really All right. Four, yes. Four different podcasts. Okay, yeah. so the relationship one. I didn't know this is a bonus, Miss Karen, because I didn't know that you can help us with the relationship one. So we're going to have to do a separate one where we talk to you about relationship stuff. Okay. We do a lot of uh, groups on healthy relationships, and we look at domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, I work with uh, both victims and perpetrators of domestic violence in my practice. Not together, but we definitely work with them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's good. That's good news. So now... Let's talk about today. We're just going to focus on the anxiety and depression. Okay. And now, one of the things about Grown Up Sexy Sisters Talk, real conversation for real women about real life, and you know this because you did an event with me, is that, uh, yeah, I'm pretty transparent about stuff. And so I feel like, you know, just making sure that I'm out here using the things that I've gone through to try to help other people in their struggles that they might possibly be having mm -hmm. is, is, is the reason. Okay. So... I say all that to say that's my disclaimer, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer, I'm going to say this. So I obviously have had some challenges, and I have suffered from depression and also anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about this is that 
we don't know what that looks like. I personally didn't know what it looked like because my family and my generations and family and my mom and everybody, if they were having challenges like this, I didn't know about it. It wasn't something that we talked about. And so when I started having issues, and if you guys read my blog, I have a blog post on there called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And in it, I talk about how I had gotten to a point where I was completely spinning out of control. I had no idea. Like, I was like a crazy person, right? And uh, I, I reference it, um, the, the angry black woman syndrome, right? Because there's a lot of us that's running around here and, and we're angry. We've been, we've been labeled or stereotypically angry black women, right? And we don't know why we're angry. We're just mad. Like, I know for me, I was just mad at everything. I, I had no idea <laughs> what, I mean, I was fussing people out, cussing people out. I had no idea what was going on with me. And so I had kept spinning and spinning and spinning until I got to a point where I was like about to explode. And I was like, I got to go to somebody because this is probably not normal. Mm -hmm. right? right and so after therapy and you like two years of therapy you know and going and having these conversations and digging deep and trying to figure it out it's anxiety you know it's depression and it's it's evolved into this huge thing and had i not gone to someone to have that conversation to figure out why am i so wow all the time then i would never have known Right. Yes. So that's why I really think that it's important to have these conversations, because there may be other sisters out there who have these same symptoms and they're going through these things. And, you know, at some point I just thought I was crazy. You know, people say uh, crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Okay. There's something else going on there and we need to, to figure it out. And so I say all that to say, please tell us what are some of the warning signs or symptoms of Anxiety and depression. I know that's two different things. So if right. you kind of break it down for us. Sure. Let me start with anxiety. I mean, it's it's normal to be anxious about some things. For example, you have a speaking engagement. Uh, you have to go and meet new people um, in a, a job-related situation that you're just not, or even just in a social situation. Mm -hmm. And you have these little butterflies that come. So there's this feeling of uneasiness or discomfort. Um, and that's situational. And that's normal. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. When we know we're in trouble, when it's something where we're feeling uneasy or worrying every day, all day long, we can't sleep at night, we toss and turn, we're angry, we're frustrated, we get so fatigued that we just don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it can be related. And when you think about anxiety, there are a number of different types of anxiety disorders. So okay. you have post-traumatic stress, you have generalized anxiety, you have phobias. So there are a number of different types of anxiety disorders that, you know, that kind of come under that umbrella. Okay. Um, but when you realize that it's de 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 debilitating for you, mm -hmm. when it starts to be a barrier in other things in your life, that's when you know it's time to talk to someone. It's time to seek out some help. Um, sometimes it can show up in physical symptoms where not only can you not sleep, but you can't eat uh, or you eat too much or you realize that you don't want to leave your house. You right. don't enjoy things. And that's kind of when we also start looking at depression as well because some of those same symptoms right. are the symptoms of depression. Okay. So it's normal to be sad over sad situations. Right. It's normal to wake up one day and just have the blues, just not be in a really great place. You're just in a funky place. Mm -hmm. It's something else when this carries on for two weeks or more. 
to the point where you can't move out of bed. You feel fatigued. Once again, like anxiety, you feel um, sad, a persistent sadness. You are crying. You may be angry. You know, men especially, mm -hmm. their depression doesn't show up the same way that ours shows up as women. So, you know, for us, for those of us who have partners or brothers or fathers that we're like seeing this change in their demeanor, it might be depression okay. um, and not just that they're angry okay. uh, or that they're starting to do, um, you know, kind of wild and crazy things that tend to be dangerous. Um, that tends to also be another sign of depression. Okay. Um, there may be a kind of a, a, a feeling of... Um, you're really focused on death mm -hmm. um, to the point where, you know, you're thinking of committing suicide, but, or you don't even realize that suicide is in your top level of thinking right now, right. but you start doing dangerous things that are risky in, oh. in nature. So that could also be a, a sign or a symptom. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, you can look for uh, not only in yourself, but in others as well. Um, definitely the phobias are there where we can't get out of the car, mm -hmm. can't leave the house. Mm -hmm. And, and not only is it just like right then and right there, we do things to avoid the fear. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, it's not that I'm a fearful of elevators. Maybe I'm just fearful of meeting strangers in an elevator. And okay. so I take the stairs oh. to the point where I just don't even want to get on the elevator. Those are some of the other things that, you know, some of the symptoms and things that are going on with people around anxiety. That's really interesting. Now, we, you touched on, and I, I could definitely relate to a lot of that stuff, but, you know, what I've learned in, in through going to, to therapy and stuff is that it, it runs in my family, right? Because my mom was a warrior, but we just thought she was a warrior. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she was a warrior. She worried about everything, like all day, every day. She was worried about something, and it was just like my mom is a warrior. Mm -hmm. And so, but now you know that that there's a name to it, and we understand that this is actually okay. That normally worrying everything, like you said, you can be okay anxious about a little something that might be coming up or something you need to do, but just worrying all day, every day, to the point where it has physical symptoms, right? And yeah. stomach issues and all these things. And that's not, that's not normal. And so I'm glad that you were able to list those out. Now, you did mention um, about depression and I've had family members that, um, you know, have suffered from depression. And I spoke about it in the event that we just did that. It was good that I knew the symptoms because, you know, a lot of the people that were in my circle didn't know what those symptoms looked like. And so when this family member started having problems, I was the first one that raised the red flag. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on a second. Something's not right with the way that she's been acting. She's been, you know, she hasn't been speaking to us on a regular basis or she's been, you know, not going to family functions the way she would. And so something's not right here. Let's take a deeper look at that. And so now, a lot of people think that depressed people are just sad. Now, you, you mentioned that, right? So, oh, they're just sad. They'll, they'll get over it. No. Okay. Talk to me about that. So, one of the things that we need to think about is the persistence of this, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like I said, it doesn't show up as sadness. It shows up as anger. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you find that people who are in a depressed state will self-medicate 
So not only, you know, when we think about alcohol, a lot of people think alcohol is this wonderful way to feel up and cheery. No, mm -hmm. it's a depressant. It makes you feel even worse. Right. So you start to see people really kind of go further and further down. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's deeper than just sadness. Okay. There is like a light has gone off. Mm -hmm. or lack of a better way to, to describe it. Okay. Um, they have people that are, are uh, dealing with depression often don't have any energy to do anything that they used to love to do. So, okay. for example, if I love to go to family functions, if I really was kind of the, the ball, you know, the bell of the ball type of thing, and right. I, I guess it was like the person that really cheered everyone up, and all of a sudden I'm not showing up. Or if mm -hmm. I do show up, I'm sitting in the corner all by myself, really kind of isolating myself. So isolation is one of the things that you want to look for mm -hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely those are some of the signs that we want to look at. And as you said and mentioned, heredity is a factor there. There's with depression, there's heredity there and anxiousness. There's that heredity factor. There is, you know, alcohol, life stressors, all of those things can mm -hmm. trigger both depression and anxiety. Okay, and and that's that's really good to know because there's a huge stigma we know in our community, especially with mental mental illness and mental health awareness. And it's just because I think there's not a big enough understanding of what it is, what it looks like, and what causes it. You know, it, and it's not just like you said. We there's stressors in life that obviously we'll have to deal with, but having some of these challenges is bigger than just a stressor. Right. There's, there's chemical imbalances involved. There's there's a lot of science behind it. And so I think that it's really important that we learn what this looks like and, and be comfortable with saying, okay, this is what it looks like. I'm not crazy. You know, I'm not just sad. There right. might be something going on here. It could be hereditary. Let me just go speak to someone who can help kind of put me in the right direction to learn more about this and what I can do to to help myself with it. Right. And sometimes, you know, it, it sounds cognitively like it makes sense. If I'm feeling this way, why don't I just go talk to someone? Mm -hmm. The problem is there's a sense of hopelessness that's also a, a factor there. Right. That says even if I go talk to someone, there's nothing that they can do. Right. I need to just, especially in our community, and I think we talked about this at your last event, it's mm -hmm. like a superwoman, you know, superhero Sure, uh, vest that I have on that says I can handle this. Society says I'm supposed to handle this. Right. My mom handled this. My mm -hmm. sister handles this. I can handle this. And somehow with that we forget that we are human. We're fragile sometimes. Mm -hmm. We need help. Um, seeking that help is what's important. It doesn't make you crazy. It doesn't make you abnormal. Mm -hmm. It just says that you're at a place where you recognize something's not right here mm -hmm. not to reach out and get the help that I need. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it doesn't make you weak, right? right. So it doesn't mean I, you're weak. Right. So with the superwomen cape, you know, as, as women, we have so many things that we're responsible for and we are the backbone and the pillar of society. We just hold everything down. We hold everyone down. Right. <laughs> but we are, we are the strong ones. We got to keep it together for everybody. And right. so, you know, there could be a time when we trying to keep it together is, is not what we need to be doing. What we need to be doing is seeking out counseling, dealing with some of our issues because we mentioned earlier with stressors, you know, what I, what I personally learned is that if you don't, and you guys talked about this at the event, which was really great information, that if you don't deal with your stressors as they come, 
then they could just pile on, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Until you get that one thing, and that yep. will just throw you right on over the edge. Right. Take you right over the top. I mean, it's because we keep adding on to our plates. Mm -hmm. You asked earlier about, you know, what things I saw when people come, the top three things I see when people come to our practice. It's interesting that I will see women, mothers, bring their children to therapy because they know there's something going on. Yeah. And as we continue to work with the children and talk with the mother, we're finding out that mom's got some things going on as well. Yes. And what we end up doing then is kind of treating both. Um, not the same therapist, but we, we definitely will treat both because mom is dealing with a lot on her plate. But you're right, we tend to recognize it in others mm -hmm. and not necessarily in ourselves. And okay. we will, as I think I mentioned at the, your event, we'll wear out our friends, our family members, <laughs> our pastors, everybody like, oh, I have to tell you what's going on. Uh -huh. and, and they're oftentimes at a loss themselves yeah. as to what to do. And mm -hmm. so you just keep talking and talking and talking. And finally, someone says to you, maybe you need to go talk to somebody, you know? And, and that's kind of what prompts people to get into therapy, actually. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when I first started going to therapy, my therapist said, stop doing that to your friends. You you are wearing them out. That's not fair. Just stop. Because, you know, you, know, you want, and you get on the phone, you want, oh, I'm going through this, and da, 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 da. You know, but it's natural because you want to talk to somebody. When right, you right. You know, and so, you know, for me, I thought it was really important to even, this is the reason, one of the main reasons why I started this business and, and just started it because I know that when I was going through things, I didn't find that I had people to talk to. I, of course, I had people to talk to. Mm -hmm. That's not the issue because I got a big, a big family. In my mind, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Right. Right. And so it's like, like you said, when you're going through depression and stuff, your mind, your, your state of mind is so different and altered from what it normally is that. I didn't think I had anybody to talk to. I felt lonely. I was going through this alone. Nobody understood. Nobody in the world was going through this except for me. I was the only one, <laughs> you know? And so once I was at, because for me, I'm a, I'm a research person. I like to read and research and stuff like that. And so I just started reading as much as, as I could and started trying to learn more about it. And as I did, I realized there's a lot of other women and people who go through it and they, and they must be feeling the same way that I was feeling. Right. You know, so I'm like, okay, let me just put this out here and let you know, you're not alone. We go through it. It's okay. It doesn't make you weak. It's going to be all right. We're going to work through it, ladies. Right, Miss Karen? Yep. <laughs> I mean, and the, and the thing is, is that, you know, it's, that's why I really appreciate the work that you're doing because it gets women together. And yeah. what we find out is when we come together in very uh, non-threatening activities, right? Uh -huh. It yes. gives us the opportunity to talk to one another and learn from each other about what you might have been going through. Oh, and this is what you did to, to get better. You yeah. know, maybe you did go and talk with someone. And so that helps. There was a, a phrase way back in, I guess, the early 90s that it was around the whole HIV and AIDS um, arena. And it was each one, teach one. Right. It's one of those things where we really need to each other to understand that, like you said, you're not in this alone and that others have gone through the same journey and can be there to kind of walk through it with you uh, as well as direct you to the right place to get the help that you need. Okay, that's good stuff. Thank you, Ms. Karen. So now let's talk about 
your professional opinion, why do you think is the mental illness is is just such a huge uh, a huge issue for women? I know we just kind of touched on that, but especially women of color. I know that you said that you have men there as well, but why do you think? I know we talked about the stigma, but let's talk a little bit about more uh, about why it's such a huge issue for us as Black women. I think because it's go back goes back to what we said earlier. I think sometimes we see it as a weakness. We don't have time to be ill. We don't have time to take out for ourselves, right? And what does that mean to my to my family members if I'm having to go and get help for me? What does that say? Um, what does that say to my friends? Oh, you know, well, you know, you know, Gail seems to be doing okay and she didn't have to go to therapy, but what's wrong with me that I have to go see someone? You know, that that type of thing. And I think that we do, we tend to find these barriers that we put up um, that sometimes um, prevents us from seeking out the help that we need. But I think, you know, personally, I think it's that thing of, I got too much to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to do with this. It'll take care of itself until, like you say, you start spiraling out of control in such a manner that there is no more time left. Mm -hmm. You must address it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like we're running, really trying to find someone that can, that can help. Right, trying to um, be reactive instead of proactive, instead of proactive right? Yeah, yeah. That's what happened to me. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, we do the same thing oftentimes with our health. Like we have certain health issues that we ignore, we ignore, we ignore, mm -hmm. we can't ignore them anymore, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we're starting to get better about that. But historically, too, I think we need to remember that um, mental illness for people of color comes with stigma because of the way we were treated historically okay. as people of color when there was something mentally ill, so when, okay. mentally wrong, when there was something going on. Um, we were sent away. We were put in institutions, mm -hmm. um, and that goes from generation to generation. Not so much that this generation fears being put away, but it's as if, well, we just don't talk about that. And that's one of the messages that I think we get in our families right. is that don't talk about it. We know, you know, Aunt Susie over here has a problem. Right. We just kind of keep her at home and help her with that, and we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. and I think that's also what helps to continue to perpetuate that not reaching out for the help that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that the good news is that I don't know if it has anything to do with the Me Too movement or people are starting to be a little bit more uh, understanding and, and coming out and saying that they have some issues that they've been dealing with. I know that I watched a show on HBO, I think it's called Insecure, mm -hmm. and they had a couple episodes there where the girlfriend, you know, she's behaving risky um, with sexual, you know, sexual encounters with all these different men. And finally, her girlfriend's like, hey, I think you need to maybe go s talk to somebody. And she's like, I don't need to see no psychiatrist, you know. So it was that. Yep. <laughs> but I like how they approached it, you know, and it, and, it, and it just showed her going through the motions. And I showed her going to the therapist and giving the therapist the blues because she didn't feel like she needed to be there because she had it all together. She had this career. Everything was great. However, she was acting out by having all these different men and going through them and not being able to commit in, you know, in a relationship. And so that's how it manifested in her. Right. And they showed it, you know, on there. And, and I, and I like that. And there's um, the actress, Jennifer 
Jennifer Lewis, I think, she just came out with a book oh, called yeah. the, the Mother of Black Mother of Hollywood or something like that. And she talks about bipolar and she's yeah. very like putting it out there. Yeah. She don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember seeing her on an interview show, and she talked about her lifestyle was just very out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of those things when we talk about the trauma yeah. that we've experienced and how that can manifest itself as well. Uh, I think there might have been some molestation or abuse in her history as well. And it, it does um, manifest itself in acting out type of behaviors. You can either go to the point where you're just completely um, pulled back and reserved and mm -hmm. not willing to even enter into an intimate relationship to down the other end of the spectrum, that type right. of thing. And so, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think now more and more people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that not only women, but men are coming out and talking about their um, experiences with um, mental illness as well. I think that, um, you know, like you said, in this Me Too movement, I think that there has been this opening up now, having these dialogues about things that are going on. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's definitely, I think, heading in the right direction. And if we just keep having conversations about it, you know, I think that more people will get the help. You know, for me, if it's just one person, I would, I would like for it to be a million. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if it's just one person out there that is hearing my voice and saying that, you know, I, I understand you're going through this. It's going to be OK. Let's get you some help. You know, we all go through challenges. We can get through it. We get through it together. This is what it looks like. This is he this is who you need to go see. You know, if, if we can reach at least one person and, and help them through, then I think that we have done our job. So we have, now when Nicole is on the line, and so at, at a certain point, we'll let her kind of join in here. And let me just unmute her. I just want to make sure that she can hear us and she's still following along, okay? Okay. Hey, Nicole, are you still with us? I'm here. Awesome. Okay, great. So we're just going to keep... Miss <laughs> Karen said hello. Hello. Hi. All right, Miss Karen. So now let's talk about what are some ways that ARM a renewed uh, a renewed mind behavioral health center your business let's talk about some ways that arm has helped women deal with their mental health challenges um a number of ways we have worked with women in groups um especially women that have some of the similar issues around it could be around self-esteem issues it could be around anxiety it could be depression we and i like working in groups oftentimes because women learn from each other and so we've been able to do that we definitely refer um, clients that we think need to be um, assessed for medication issues. We will refer them to a psychiatrist because we don't have psychiatrists on staff, but we do refer them. Oftentimes we get women in from um, uh, psychiatrist referrals as well. So we have individual sessions with women and work with them. We've done some activities uh, similar to your event, um, your paint, paint for a, pur for a purpose. I think that, that was wonderful. It's finding those areas that women can engage in certain activities mm -hmm. and kind of um, revitalize that energy level for them. Okay. Um, so we've worked with women on, on that level as well. Um, we, I'm trying to think, we've, we've, like I said, we've done individual work, we do group work, and we have even had, because as I said, one of the issues that we have around couples uh, relationship issues and we do a lot of couples counseling as well okay all right that's good stuff yeah we're gonna have to get another podcast on the 
We probably could do three separate podcasts on the relationship stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> quite a few, yes. That's yeah. a lot to unfold. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is. Okay, all right. So what, what, what can we do if we think that we might be experiencing some of the symptoms you listed or if we have friends or family members that we think are having some, some issues or challenges? One of the first things that I would probably suggest before you even see a mental health counselor would be to see your, your physician. If yeah. you have a, a medical physician, because sometimes things are not always um, depression or they may manifest themselves as depression, but there may be chronic pain or some mm -hmm. other physical ailment going on. Right. And so I would start there first um, or at least along the same in parallel to seeing a, a counselor, a therapist, um, mm -hmm. if you think that that's an issue, because you can come in and you can be assessed. Um, there are assessments that we can do to determine if this is depression, if it is, um, if it is a, man, um, a major depressive disorder that we're talking about, mm -hmm. if it's generalized anxiety, if it's a phobia, if it's PTSD, we can make that assessment and diagnosis. And then we, we lay out a course of treatment. Um, we develop a treatment plan with the therapist. Um, like I said earlier, if there's a need to um, see a psychiatrist for medication, we make that referral. Um, for family members who are seeing these types of behaviors and are concerned, I would recommend that you, you know, mention to the person, you know, I'm seeing this. This is not normally who you are. You, you, you really are very uh, withdrawn right now, or it seems like you're, you're worrying a lot about some things, or as you said, it may come out as anger. You know, what's going on? And have that conversation with them. And then have your resources available, you know, be able to say, this is where I would recommend or someone I would recommend you go talk to or let me help you find someone if this doesn't work for you. Um, and then maybe even journey with them. I, I love the fact that sometimes we have clients who are brought there by a loved one. Yeah. Um, they journey with them to the facility to come in and they just sit in the waiting room and wait. Mm -hmm. But it's that kind of hand holding process sometimes yeah. that we need. Yeah, yeah, and I can and I can speak personally from experiences that you know if you're if you're going through depression and you're having some challenges, you know a lot of times people can say, well, you need to go and talk to somebody, and then you're like, I don't feel like it. <laughs> that, that's part of the issue, you know. And so I like that you said that if you have to go with a friend or family member, you know, don't give up on them. That's that to me is the biggest thing because I know my friend had probably said to me seventy five thousand times. You need to go see somebody. You need to go. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm fine. You need to go see somebody. I'm fine. You need to go see somebody. Stop telling me I need to go see somebody. You know, it's just like, <laughs> then finally, you know, finally, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I need to go see somebody different, you know? And so it's like, don't give up on the person. If you have to hold hands with them, you know, you love them. You want, you want to make sure that you've done all that you can personally do. To, to help out. So that's, that's yeah. good information. And I would also say that there are times when we talk to a person three or four times before they come into the office. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not that they get to necessarily need to see someone. They just need mm -hmm. to talk to someone else. And oftentimes it's in those conversations that we're able to talk with the person and guide them into the office to see someone. So it's not unusual for us to have two or three conversations with someone before they actually come into the office. 
Okay. They just call to get general information mm -hmm. or they call to see, well, you know, I'm having this issue. So we try to have staff available that can, can work with them through those type of crisis situations. Okay. That's wonderful. That's, that's really good, Ms. Karen. So now I want to, I'm going to get Nicole here on the line and let's see what kind of questions she has. Cause we've gone through a lot of stuff here. Okay. All right. Hello. Hey, Nicole. Hi. Hi. What questions do you have for us? It's not really a question, kind of, sort of, but I have a 18 year old who's um, suffering from anxiety. He's scared to go outside sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of weeks we went to um mess and nothing and she was supposed to be getting on a ride and she froze oh and she had to walk back down a, a couple flights of stairs in order to get back to where she was mm -hmm. um so i'm just trying to find out how to help her and so is, is this the only only time that she's frozen like this this is the only time that this is my only time that I've seen her do it. Okay. And has she enjoyed riding before? Well, this is our first time going there. So I don't know because she's really, it was a water ride. So I didn't think that that would spark her anxiety. So I didn't know what to do at the time, but she didn't ride on the ride. And I just okay. want, I want to know how to help her. Well, the, the, I'm not sure that that one incident, remember when we talk about anxiety, um, if it's situational, that may be normal. It may not be that there's an issue. Um, for example, there's just some people that are not um, great lovers of amusement park rides and i mean that that kind of some people get a little terrified with the water sports especially or just roller coasters i can speak to that because i'm one of those people <laughs> me, too. <Okay? laughs> me too it's like i just um i don't like that frightening feeling i don't you know so it could be that that may be what's going on um but like i said if it's if it's different than what it has been in the past then that's where I would get a little concerned. Um, okay. You know, if she's if she's enjoyed those types of rides before, and all of a sudden she's freezing, then the question would be, what's going? You know, to talk to her about what are you feeling right now, just to really ask that question, rather than say, come on, let's get on the ride. What's wrong? It would be more of, what are you feeling right now, um, okay. and see if she can put that into words for you. And and I kind of asked that question, and then I also said to her, well, just calm down, breathe, you know, we walked up the stairs slower okay. to give her time to get herself together before we got to the top of the ride. But when she finally got to the top, I guess she decided that that's not what she wanted to do. Okay. And, and, and I think that you did just the right things. Breathing is really important. I should have said that earlier because I tell you, when we stop breathing and get, stop getting oxygen, it really plays havoc on our bodies and our minds. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. The deep breathing is important. Having her um, doing what we would call um, like approximating, just being able to you know take one step at a time was important. Um, but I think once she got there and she was like, nope, don't want to do this, I think being accepting of I don't want to do this is the other part that needs to happen, too. It's just like 
It may not be anything serious at this point, but find out what is it what she, that she was feeling? What exactly was going on at that time? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And one, and I'd like to add something too is, I mean, I'm certainly not a, a healthcare professional, but I'm a person who suffers from anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder. And one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, some of the, not some of, the majority of the things that I experience with anxiety, it's all things in my mind, the thoughts that, that happened before that I get myself worked up, right? And so like Ms. Karen said, you know, asking what, what is it about this situation that's stressful for you, that's, that's causing you to have this onset of anxiety? Because, you know, I know for me, I could get, you know, and, and, it, and it depends on what's going on personally at that time as well. Because like we talked about earlier, there were certain stressors that were happening in my life that I hadn't dealt with. And so, you know, any little thing added to it, you know? And so I could go to a market, a place that I'd been a thousand times, but then I would have this anxiety attack coming on. And it was like, what is this all about? You know, and it was okay, but well, there was other things that were stressing me. And so when I got into that market, you know, the thoughts of, I don't want to be here, so many people here. Oh my gosh, what's going Like I worked myself up like all the time into this like frenzy. You know, and then my therapist said, okay, listen, because then the next thing was, I got to get out of here. Ah, I got to get out of here. I can't take it, right? And so now I'm running away from the problem. And one of the things she taught me was when you feel yourself starting to have those thoughts, right? You're starting to go down that path. Let's th think about it. Like, what is it about this that's stressing me? You know, it's not going to be that bad. For me, I'm like this, um, they call it jumping to conclusions, right? It's like the world is going to end right now for me for this thing, but it's because in my mind, I've worked myself up to that, right? And so for me, it was being able to, um, I guess I can call it self-soothing, right, Miss Karen? Right, or self-talk. Yeah, self -talk, changing right? your self-talk. Mm -hmm. Right, changing my negative self-talk, which was, this is awful, I can't stand this, this ride is awful, I'm gonna die on this ride, this is blah, blah, and then, and then changing that into, okay, it's not that bad, it's gonna be okay, I've done this before, I'm going to get through this. And so that's why. And then also that's another reason why I'm so big with my events and stuff on positive self-talk yeah. and affirmations, because those are things that I've used in my therapy to bring myself down off, you know, the ledge and then bring myself back to reality. And it really has helped with my anxiety. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you have any other questions? Nope, that was one. That was the only question that I had. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try. Look, I'm gonna try that self soothing next time I get ready to get on a um a ride. <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> I don't know if it was the ride per se. It may have been the because it was a family trip. Yeah. I think excitement and her wanting to do something, and then it just plateaued from there. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. And sometimes I know for me, when there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh my goodness, it can really like get me worked up. Like, whoo, like this family, and I got all these things going on. And even with my events, Miss Karen, like I have a person there that helps me, and he's amazing, and he's my assistant, and, and he helps me because he just takes care of the stuff for me. Because it's cause sometimes it's overwhelming for a person with anxiety to have a lot of stuff going on at one time. That's true. That's true. And I always tell people to, you know, like you say, when you're when you think you're having a anxiety attack or a panic this uh, panic attack, to just really what we call ground yourself. So, so the self talk and self soothing is one way. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of 
feeling the bottom of the seat that you're sitting in or feeling the floor that's up under you. Yeah. Um, I've even had people to take rubber bands and put them on their arm and pop the rubber band because it brings them back because you're right. It's your mind that's racing to so far out into the future to the, you know, you're thinking the worst possible scenarios. Um, and so sometimes you have to be grounded in the here and now. So that's, that's important. Thank you. You're welcome, Nicole. All right, Miss Karen. So thank you so much. I know I've kept you for uh, 45 minutes, almost an hour, but you've given us so much good information. I could keep you on here all day, but I know you have other things to do. So <laughs> well, I hope that it's been helpful for others. I definitely hope so. All right. So now tell everybody, where can they find you if they have more questions or if they want to visit a Renewed Mind Behavioral Health Center? Where can they find you? Okay. So our address is 5707. Uh, Calverton Street, and we're in Suite 1F in Catonsville. Um, and we are on the web at, you know, www.arenewedmind.net. Okay. Uh, and our phone number is 443-251-5975. And so those are the ways that you can reach us. Um, we, we have varied hours. We're there on the weekends as well. Um, so if we're not answering the phone, it's because we're with someone, but feel free to leave a message and we definitely will get back with you. All right. Thank you so much for blessing us with your time, Ms. Karen. And I'm, I'm so thankful that we have people like you out there that are trying to make a difference and trying to help us with this, you know, situation with our mental health and just helping get us back on a good track. So I really am so thankful for you and I appreciate all that you do. Thank you for taking your time out on a Sunday to talk to us. No problem. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do. You're making a great impact on the community. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Miss Karen. All right. We'll speak soon because we, we do need to talk about the um, relationship stuff. Okay. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye, Nicole. Right. All right. Bye. Okay, ladies. You have just reached the end of another episode of Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This was real conversation for real women about real life. I really hope you enjoyed our talk and I have a little homework for you. First, I want you to go to my website, www.grownandsexysister.com to sign up for my newsletter. On there, you can also read my blog, find valuable free resources, schedule a coaching session, or just check out some upcoming events. Second, I want you to subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on iTunes or Google Play. You don't want to miss out on one single episode, so that's going to be really important. And third, check me out on YouTube. You can type in Grown and Sexy Sister with an A-H in the search bar and make sure to subscribe there as well. I want you to be able to see the amazing video recordings of these podcasts there. So much love, be blessed, stay grown and sexy sisters, and we'll speak soon.